Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Monday, April the 30th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Your second daily dose of happy for the day, and uh, I can't believe that the month of April is almost over. I remarked on it this morning with Tom, but the year is a third over. I'm still getting used to writing 2018, and the year is a third over? That can't be. There's got to be something wrong with the math there. I don't know. I don't know. Time does have a way of moving in a way that doesn't always fit with the way it feels to us. I tell you, sometimes. I mean, it, and it should be able to work either way when I think about it because it's all subject to what we think about, right? So I, I think I just got to change my attitude and say, you know what? Time is just crawling along and I'm having a great time while it does it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I hope you had a good weekend. I know I did. I've been busy. I've been very busy with the book. Um, as you may remember, my most recent task is to do the second read-through now that the book is put together and just look for you know anything I might have missed the first time around. And I'm about 90% done with it. I was really diligent this weekend and today working on that. So we're, we're getting really close to that phase being done. And, and I have to say I'm very proud of myself because, I mean, any time that you do any kind of writing on the scale or are involved with editing writing on the scale, you never catch everything the first time through. You just don't do it. You don't even catch it two right. times through, but you're trying to catch as much as you can. And I'm really pleased how much I caught the first time. I mean, I did miss a few things and mm -hmm. I, I've cleaned them up, but I'm really confident that by the time I'll be done with this uh, second read through, I mean, there may be an, a mistake or two in there, but there won't be many of them. There's only going to be one or two and okay. they'll be hard to find. Well, and hopefully when all the authors receive the book, you know, we'll specifically, I mean, we can read anybody's chapter, but, you know, we can reread ours and right. if we catch anything, you know, we can let you. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm hoping too. for. Yeah. So, yeah, th it's coming together really well. We're, we're getting real close here and I'm, I'm excited by it. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Good things happening. So did you have a good weekend? Anything happened that was nice or just enjoying a good Monday? Um, I enjoyed a good weekend. Um, I always shock myself. When one day of the weekend, I just feel extra special, tired, and I want to be in bed all day. Ah. I do this every weekend. It's almost like I have weekend amnesia. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, Friday ended up being a long day, and so I didn't just get to collapse after typical work hours because we had other things planned for the rest of the evening. And so by the time Saturday hit, I, I kind of was in and out of bed all day, not always sleeping, but just like I wanted to be in bed in case my body said, let's fall asleep now. I was already in a comfortable place. Good good plan. I you like know? that. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I was doing a lot of thinking. I was doing a lot of mental work. I was doing a lot of my law of attraction, you know, kind of thing. That's what I love to do. And then by Sunday, my body had more energy. And so I went out and I ran errands. And, you know, that was like a more... Um, externally productive day nice. where Saturday was like an internally productive day where I was processing ideas. Um, and then they started to pop on Sunday and that's a nice feeling when they start to, you know, take form, take shape where the questions that I had been asking all day Saturday, I started getting some responses. Um, I also noticed that it, there were a couple subjects I was working on that had some sticky icky, stuff to them. So I didn't expect to get an immediate answer because I wasn't in the vibrational place to receive it. Uh -huh. I was in the vibrational yeah. place to ask the question. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But then Sunday I started getting some answers and um, I got greater clarity this morning. And so I'm going to have a oh, call nice. with a friend of mine that I do some processing with and hopefully I'll have some more clarity later. But Very good. Nothing specific to share. That's all right. Um, just, but I did want to share that, you know, to know me is to recognize that I'm processing stuff all the time, not because I have to or because it's drudgery or it's work, because that to me is the spark of life. When I process stuff in order to ask new questions and get new clarity, nothing excites me more than doing that. So that's, that's cool. why I make a very deliberate habit of doing it. That's very cool. Yeah, excellent. Because that's, that's growth. That's the only way to grow is just keep working and keep thinking and creating and doing more thinking and more creating, more thinking, more creating. That's what life is, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And also, um, I oftentimes, I'm, I'm on so many people's email lists 
you know, different mentors, gurus, people of whether it's health or coaching or, you know, just lots of different subjects. And so like on the weekend, that's when I like go through my inbox and I listen to their videos and listen to, you know, catch up on the stuff that they have been talking about during the week, but I don't usually take the time during the week to look at it. And so that's where I'm filling my mind with new thoughts and new ideas, which also sparks new questions. So very good. What I love to do on my weekends. Yeah. Well, I have to say Saturday in particular was gorgeous. I again mentioned it this morning, but Saturday's weather was so nice. It was one of those idyllic days, you know, like the kind that I like to visualize when I want to influence the weather. It was perfect. And Louise and I got out. We took a nice long bike ride. I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Just beautiful weather. So had a great time on Saturday. That was that was nice. I, I, I can hardly wait for more of those days to come. In fact, uh, the rest of this week ought to be some pretty good days for biking. So I think I'm going to get out uh, Tuesday through Friday every day and just get out and enjoy this lovely spring weather. We, we are currently working on, well, intermittently, I should say, because some weeks we go off on these crazy interesting tangents, but this week we don't have a tangent. So we're back to the book. We're working on the book, The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham. We are on part three, which is the science of deliberate creation, and we're on a subsection that has a, a, a little bit of an inverse title. How did the first negative thing occur? And, and I'm, I'm thinking about that. Why, well, first of all, why would you want to know that? <laughs> I don't understand that. I mean, the Big Bang, I guess, comes first if you look at it from you know, the astrophysicist point of view. And if you look at it from the LOA point of view, the first thought happened. But how did the first negative thing occur? Okay. Well, Jerry asks, I've often wondered how the first disease or the first negative thing occurred. Is it true that the first of almost everything occurred throughout through the thought of it? In other words, like the first electric light, the thought came first, and then the electric light followed. So our advancement into more diseases or into good or exciting things is only one step or one thought beyond something that has been previously thought. And Abraham says, and this is in italics, all things, whether you determine that they are good or bad, or just the next logical step from where you cur are currently standing. Okay, I think I missed a word in there. Yeah, or so became, things, or became, or yeah, became whether, more, that's where it was, yeah. <laughs> so all try things, again. whether you determine they are good or bad, are yes. just the next logical step from where you are currently standing. Yes. You are correct when you understand that thoughts come first. First there is a thought, then thought form, then manifestation. Your current situation is a platform of experience that inspires the next thought and then the next. When you realize that you choose to positively accept or negatively accept, but in either case, the law of attraction will add power to the thought until it will eventually manifest. You may wish to become more deliberate in the direction of your thoughts. What does that mean? I, I think accept was actually expect. So positively expect okay. or negatively expect. Okay, so when you realize that you can choose to positively expect or negatively expect, but in either case, the law of attraction will add power to the thought until it will eventually manifest, you may wish to be more deliberate in the direction of your thoughts. Nothing ever manifests from your first subtle attention to it. It takes time and attention to the subject to draw enough power to it to cause its manifestation. That is why all kinds of things, both wanted and unwanted, increase. In other words, diseases increase and become more plentiful as humans focus more and more upon diseases. Which probably means we shouldn't focus so much on diseases. Unless well, we like to get sick. <laughs> I mean, who, who wants to focus on a disease? Uh, well, medical researchers. I mean, okay, they, but what, what if they focused on the elimination of the disease to create health? That would be good. I, I'm yeah. certainly in favor of that. You know, right before I got on this call, um, I, had, I was responding to an email that came to me. And uh, we're, we're, we're now in the end of the month, so we're booking our orders, you know, for the end of the month. And uh, one of my managers responded something about, well, there's this complicated order coming through. And um, another person who was involved in it wanted to make sure that it would not negatively impact us. And I just said, frankly, all the notes you've sent and the contract and everything is so 
complicated that it would take me probably an hour just to read it all. <laughs> and the truth is, it's going to happen. It's going to get booked in the next two days one way or another. And it's easier for me to read it once it's booked. Because then I can tell you if it's going to be a negative impact or not. Well, so then that's what I told my manager and this other guy. And then the manager comes back and says, well, but even if you see that it was booked wrong, you still have time to get it fixed before they close the books for the month, right? And I said, well, yes, but if like, let's say they finish booking at midnight on Wednesday and I'm already done with work and I come in on Thursday and then see how they finished up the bookings, well, no, I can't do anything about it once the books are closed. But my comment was, but why don't we start focusing on everything going right <laughs> instead of focusing on bookings going wrong? Because this is something I've noticed every single month. This, there, there's like this frenzy that this one manager just kind of creates because he's so focused on things going wrong. And I look at, you know, all the bookings that I process throughout a year. I mean, there's like a thousand of them, literally somewhere between 800 and a thousand. I process a year. And like last year we had like two that were a problem. And the year before there were four to me, that is such a minuscule amount. And I know every bad booking hurts our, our region. I get that, but it's like, Ever since I taught this manager how I actually determine where the problem is, that's all he focuses on. Oh, my God, we have to make sure this happens. And he's telling everybody how to make sure that something gets booked right because he doesn't want it booked wrong. And all I keep thinking is his attention that he's putting on this is astronomical. <laughs> and it's yeah. not just him. He's like lured all of the people that report to him into this cycle of frenzy. He's lured the salespeople into this cycle of frenzy. And I know this won't mean anything, but what I've told him is as long as everything that, you know, like different parts of the booking all get done on the same order number, it's all good. Well, he doesn't even know when their order number is <laughs> and neither does anybody else. They don't know how it gets there or what it is, but he tells everyone, make sure that you tell our booking people to, to book it correctly all on the same order number. So all these people are getting information, but they don't even know what that is. Cute. And so they're kind of giving out information, just kind of, it's like the telephone game. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen some emails where they send stuff off to the booking department and say, make sure this is all on the same order number. And I can just put myself in, in the shoes of, of a booking person thinking to myself, what do you know about an order number? Why are you even talking about an order number? I'm going to book it the way I always book it. You know, kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why do I get the, the feeling? That, is, why do I get the feeling there's some kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy going on here that, that they're actually going to create more bad bookings? That is exactly the case. And I'll tell you from my perspective, I spend so many hours each month researching things because there's such fear that something's going to go wrong and heaven forbid it does go wrong. And I didn't check my, my part of it that I could have fixed it. You know, I spent hours researching things and checking things and double checking things and triple checking things all because somebody was, is afraid of a bad order. And I'm like, you know, if we just shifted our focus to everything goes right, look at how much that our booking department does correctly. And what I've also recognized and I've acknowledged, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. Like, if somebody does something wrong by human error, it's just going to happen. And like, let's move on. Let's focus on all the good that happens. Because you know what? Sometimes there are things that get booked incorrectly that actually work to our favor. We get credit <laughs> for things that we shouldn't have been credited for. So in a way, it all kind of works itself out. And I'm just like, everybody, let's just like let go of this huge focus. And to me, that's what this is talking about is, you know, what we choose to focus on, we're definitely going to get more of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is what tends to happen. And, and the other thing that goes along with it is the more that 
people focus on one particular kind of negativity, the more they tend to get other kinds as well. It's not just that one kind. So negativity right. starts to kind of take over as a culture. It, it's like I, one of the, the cardinal rules that I know um, in my role that I played numerous times as a manager is that you don't want a person on the team who is a, a negatarian, who just is negative all the time, because they will literally undermine the rest of the team. And they will ruin productivity. They will create all kinds of conflicts. There will be people with uh, personality conflicts as a result. All kinds of things will happen just because that one negative person is on the team. Clear that person on the team before anything gets going, and everything goes smoothly. Very simple. I hear you. Yeah. So anyway, Jerry goes on and says, well, but how could a person visualize or imagine something that they haven't seen yet? Oh, wait a minute. Am I, I'm on the right one? No, I'm on the wrong one. <laughs> I skipped. I'm sorry. Where are we? We're, we just finished that one. Well, we're on the we're, next subsection, aren't we? Middle of, <laughs> middle of 98. Okay. We're on the we're in a subsection that's entitled, Is Imagination Not the Same as Visualization? And Jerry asks, Abraham, how would you describe the term imagination? What does it mean to you? Imagination is the mixing and massaging of thoughts into various combinations. Now, that's, remember that we're talking about imagination. It is similar to observing a situation. However, in imagination, you are creating the images rather than watching something in your current reality. Some use the word visualization, but we want to offer this subtle distinction. Visualization is often only a memory of something that you have once observed. By imagination, we mean deliberately bringing desired components together in your mind to create a desired scenario. In other words, focusing with the intention of inducing positive emotions. When we use the term imagination, we are really talking about deliberately creating your own reality. That's interesting too. I didn't, I didn't understand that they meant the word visualization as simply visualizing uh, something that has already been. I thought that was part of the creation process, but apparently not. I, I, you know, I think you, you certainly could visualize something that you're creating. I think they're just using a distinctive word. Oh, okay. I don't know that it makes any real difference. I mean, bo bottom line, they have two different things. One, you're creating something that has not yet occurred. And one, and the other one, you're kind of reliving a memory. And truth, it, to me, the way I see it, it doesn't matter what word you use. But the one that they're talking about, deliberate creation, is where you're taking an idea and formulating something brand new out of nothing. Right. And that, that's what they were yeah. talking about when they, when they uh, talk about mixing and massaging thoughts into various combinations. Because we're, we're taking right. stuff that we've already known about and we're turning it into a, a new thing, a new, newly organized picture, so to speak. Like when people create vision boards. You know, you go through your magazines and pictures and things, and you put things on a poster board of, of pictures or images mm -hmm. that you would like to create in your world or something of a similar kind. So in a way, that is kind of a cross between a visualization and imagination, because you do have a visual pointed reference to look at. Yep. But if it's not something you've ever created, I don't know, I could see that that would be deliberate creation. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like on, on my vision board, I have a picture of a man and a woman laying in a hammock in a beautiful garden. And I don't ha currently have a hammock in my garden, nor am I in a relationship. So when I look at that, it's a lovely visual point of reference for me, and it does evoke feelings, um, and it helps me futurize what I desire, so in, in a way, I am imagining a future that could look like that, but I'm using an actual visual reference to do it. So Okay. Well, makes sense, I Make guess. of that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was a huge difference. I just thought it was interesting that they divided it that way. But I think you're right. I think visualization can be creative. It just depends on what you're visualizing and how you're putting it together. So anyway, continuing, it says, uh, Jerry says, but how could a person visualize or imagine something that they haven't seen yet? 
like a mate they would like to have, a child they would like to give birth to, or a vocation that they've never considered. And Abraham says, as you observe the world around you, deliberately gather and ponder the aspects of life that are appealing to you. Notice the beautiful smile that someone offers you or the beautiful home that someone lives in. Make mental or written notes about the things that you enjoy in your world and then mix those components together in your own mind, creating scenarios and versions of life that please you. Do not look for perfect role models for you are unique and the creator of your own unique reality. In time you will discover or remember that this art of imagination will cause pleasing results to make their own way into your experience. But the art of imagination is also very entertaining and fun. As you begin saying, I want to know what I want, you will begin to attract, by law, all sorts of examples. And as you are collecting the data that comes to you, let your dominant intent in each day be to look for things that you want. Then you can look around you and see in others those traits or characteristics that you would like to have in your own mate or companion or work. Truly, the perfect role model for you regarding any subject does not exist. You are the creator of that. Sometimes we hear it said, I want to be wealthy, and then I met a man who was wealthy, but he had bad health and a rotten marriage. So then I associated prosperity with rotten marriages and bad health. <laughs> bad health, yeah. So I no longer wanted prosperity. <laughs> Oops. And we say collect that collect the prosperity data if you want it and leave out the bad health and the bad marriage. Oh good. I feel much better now. <laughs> yeah, if one comes with the other, I don't think I'd want it. But as long as I can separate it, that's okay. No, this is good because I, I remember asking uh, a similar question early on. And I remember when I heard the idea, we'll just ask the universe for help. I said, do, will it do that? <laughs> it had never occurred to me I could actually ask for, you know, give me some ideas about what it is that I want. I thought I was mm. the only one who could know that. But apparently not. You know, that's something. And, and I understand that, that idea. Like, I didn't know you could do that. Mm -hmm. Because I remember mm -hmm. when I stumbled upon asking a question of the universe that I went, I never thought to do that. It just kind of happened. <laughs> so like if I, I know I need to question something and I don't know what the question is, I'll say universe, what's a good question to ask here? And that's kind of a curious thing. It's like, Oh, I can even ask the universe for a question because I can't find a question. So I question the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. And yes, we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jerry then asks, so can we, so we can visualize peace. Let's try that again. So we can visualize piecing together all of the desired characteristics of the mate or the child or the work that we've wanted. Yes. And that is really the point of the workshop. It is a place where you can go undistracted and where you begin to formulate pictures in your mind. So it doesn't have to be something that's already existed, ever. It has to be just what you f now feel you want to experience. And Abraham says, and as you are working in your workshop, you will find that in most cases, it will not come to you instantaneously or instantly. You will know when you are clear. You will know when you are clear because you will have, oh, you will know when you are clear because you will feel excited. Have you ever been working on a project and you thought about it and you thought about it quite a lot and suddenly you say, I have a good idea? Mm. The feeling of, I have a good idea, is your point of launching your creation. In other words, you have been mulling the thoughts over in your mind until you have become suspicious. We're having trouble today. Specific <laughs> enough. <laughs> you and I are both having a day with several tongues in our mouth. Yes, right. Um, my dad used to have a, a saying about that. He said, my tongue got in front of my eye teeth and I couldn't see what I was saying. There you go. <laughs> so in other words, you've been mulling the thoughts over in your mind until you have become specific enough that when you hit upon the perfect combination of thoughts, your inner being offered you emotions saying, yes, this is it. Now you have it. And so... The point of the workshop is to think about all sorts of things until you feel the sensation of a good idea. 
Mm -hmm. So Jerry says, when a strong intention that we've been visualizing hasn't yet materialized, what's the most common cause for that? Abraham says, if you have been purely visualizing your intention, then it must come and come quickly. The purity of the visualization is the key. And by that, we mean purely offering thoughts only in the direction of what you want. When you say, I want it, but, as you add your but, you cancel it or defeat it at birth. Often you are offering as many or more thoughts about the absence of your desire as you are about the presence of your desire. If something you want is slow to come to you, it can be for only one reason. You are spending more time focused upon its absence than you are about, about its presence. If you could identify what you want and then deliberately think clearly upon it, clearly upon what you want until you get it, the essence of all things that you want would be yours very quickly. If you could spend your time purely envisioning what you want, rather than giving your attention to the reality of what is, you would be attracting more of what you want instead of more of what it is, what is. It is a matter of changing your magnetic point of attraction. Get your eyes, words, and thoughts off of what is and put them purely on what you want, on what you want now. The more you think and speak of what you want, the faster what you want will be yours. And this is touching on the point that I raised last Friday. And it's still interesting to me. Um, we were talking about uh, how we, we actually live in a soup of, of asks and wants, and there's no real purity to it because we're constantly focusing on a variety of things that may or may not be related to the, the first want that we had, right, or the second one or the third. But they all seem to influence it to one degree or another. And, that, and I guess that's the question I'm raising. I wonder how much influence they have. Like here in, in this section, Abraham talks about, well, if you say, I want it, but... It, your your butt has canceled or defeated it. And, and that makes sense. I mean, you directly contradicted it. But on the other hand, what if I put out an ask for, oh, I don't know, um, I put out an ask for a sailboat. And after putting out the ask for the sailboat, then I go back to what I was doing with my day, which was I was working my day job and then dealing with uh, the customer in front of me at the customer window and the, the customer wasn't particularly pleasant. And so my mood starts to sink and you know, I've not feeling so good at this point and I look over at the sailboat and I look away because right now I have to deal with the customer and you know you start to slide is what I'm saying it had nothing to do with the sailboat but you start to slide into this not so great feeling place now my interpretation would be that is actually going to delay the arrival of the sailboat well I could see how it would delay it because if you, if you're not in a pure vibrational place to receive the sailboat because you are focused negatively on X, Y, and Z, you've closed your receiving. Yeah. So it isn't just, well, I, I want the sailboat, but I don't think it'll happen. It isn't just the direct contradiction. There are a lot of different ways that we can thwart ourselves, which means we really want to be focusing as much as we can on staying with the likes. And staying with the happy part and staying with the, uh, with the positive attitude and, and the feeling good about whatever it is that we want to do. I will say I have yet to find any contradiction in my life experience where if I have a fleeting thought and I have nothing negative, you know, like I, it's just fleeting. So I don't give it another thought, but mm -hmm. it was a positive one. Yeah. Those seem to show up very quickly in my world. Mm-hmm. I've not had anything contradictory telling me that a fleeting thought's not going to show up. Because the point is, really, a fleeting thought, I'm barely giving any attention. And yet, it was strong enough in my emotions that it's something I did want. Um, but, like, right now in my life, I am focusing on, um, like, the big three. The three things that have stumped me for most of my life. Mm -hmm. And I know they're all coming to me, but I also recognize they're not coming as easily as other things have come because I have more resistance on these things 
because they're things that had not yet manifested and I have been wanting them for over 30 years, all of them. And so even though little by little, I feel more progress moving in the direction of the thing I want, you know, um, you said something last week, I was talking about Project X, which is, you know, my, my new income stream, my new uh, earnings, right. you know, in, in my life, yep. um, using my coaching skills, which is so yummy, juicy, and exciting to me. <laughs> and you said something like, yeah, you're making, you're making great progress. I'm really making this up now, Walt. You're making really great progress. <laughs> and as long as there's no more resistance or whenever resistance comes, like you'll have more resistance that you'll need to clear off the trail on your way. Okay. And I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I focused on it afterwards. Like I was thinking like, oh man, I have just taken this huge boulder off my path. Now it's smooth sailing. And then you said something that opened up my thoughts to, oh my God, he's seeing it as there's still more crap that I have to remove. Now, I'm not having a problem with the fact that you said it, but I'm having a problem with the fact that I chose to focus on it. Ah. And I'm like, and so this weekend, that's part of the stuff that I'm like, huh, yeah, Project X is not happening fast enough for me. Well, I know very well, and we just read it. The only reason is because there's still something in the way. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't like depress me, but it definitely gave me something to ponder that wasn't a, a fun thing to ponder. Well, it makes you sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, actually, not only do I know what you mean, but the next section knows what you mean. Because the, oh, well, the, the next section I, is I entitled... I kind of had a feel, and I told you at the beginning of the show that, or, you know, for today, I for the last couple of hours, I've been really excited to, about what we're going to read because I feel like there's something in what we're going to read that's going to help pop something open for me. Oh, okay. Or at least niggle it, niggle it a bit so that I can get some traction again. <laughs> well, then let, let's find out because the next section is entitled, Is Being Patient Not a Positive Virtue? Because Jerry asked Abraham, okay. how do you feel about telling someone just be patient? When you understand the law of attraction and when you begin to deliberately direct your own thoughts, the things you desire will flow quickly and steadily into your experience and patient will not, patience will not be necessary. Mm -hmm. We are not excited about anyone learning patience for it implies that things naturally take a long time and that is not true. They only take a long time in coming when your thoughts are contradicted. If you move forward, then back, and then forward, and then backward, you could potentially never get to where you want to go. But when you stop moving backward and only move forward, you will get there quickly. And that does not require patience. So I think this next section actually addresses my question. It probably addresses yours too, but my question is also okay. in here. Because the section is entitled, I want to take a quantum leap. And I do. In fact, I want to take and a few of them. doesn't everybody? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think so. It, don't we all want everything faster <laughs> yes. than now and yesterday? <laughs> Absolutely. And I want it now. Yeah. Not only do I want right. it now, I want it now. <laughs> I want it more now. I want, I want it more it now. So now I want it yesterday <laughs> That's right. Now. Exactly. So Jerry says, well, it's easy to take a small step beyond where we are and just do a little more than what we've been doing, be a little more of what we are, and have slightly more than what we have now. But how about what we call a quantum leap? In other words, achieving something almost beyond anything that we've ever seen before. How would one go about creating something like that? And Abraham said, good. Now you have hit upon the key. The reason it is easier for you to take those small steps forward is because it is easy for you to acknowledge the beliefs that you now hold and stretch those beliefs just a little bit. When you are not completely changing your beliefs, you are just expanding them a little bit. Quantum leap often means you must release your current belief and adopt a new one. Mm -hmm. Quantum leaps are not achieved by enhancing the belief part or the allowing part of the equation. Quantum leaps are achieved by enhancing the wanting part. Hey, I'm going to read that last sentence again. Yeah. Quantum leaps are not achieved by enhancing the belief part or the allowing part of the equation. Quantum leaps are achieved by enhancing the wanting part 
So you got to really want it. Well, so I remember earlier in this chapter, which I know for us that probably means weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) um, When they talked about the belief part and the allowing part. And so the belief part was that you think about it a lot, creating it and turning it into a belief. And the allowing is where you're in a state of receiving in order for it to show up. So what Abraham is saying, it's the quantum leap doesn't happen by adjusting your beliefs or your allowing. Quantum leaps are achieved by enhancing the wanting part. So what does the enhancing mean to you? I mean, to me, it just means wanting it badly, having a passion for it. Maybe the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. Like the frequency of the thought. Um, so it's like going over and over again? That that sounds more like making it into a belief, because that's what a belief is, thinking a thought over and over. I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure, because I think that's a really excellent point. Oh, guess what? When we turn the page, they're still talking. So let's see what else they say. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, would you not agree that the mother who, in the story we offered, lifted the automobile from her child, experienced a quantum leap? At the very least, if yeah. She had, <laughs> yeah, if she had been in a gymnasium, it would have taken a very, very long time, little by little, to convince herself that she could pick up something that heavy. But her powerful desire caused the quantum leap in the moment. We are not proponents of quantum leaps because they require exaggerated contrast, which causes a dramatic propulsion of your desire and can produce a startling result. But the result is almost always temporary for the balance of your beliefs will eventually bring you back to where you were before. A gradual building of beliefs in the direction of your desires is a much more satisfying way to create. So I guess quantum leaps aren't the uh, the, the, the fix-all that we were hoping for, huh? Well, and you know, I think that's what I tried to do this weekend. Oh, really? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, because I, rem- I don't remember now if I said it on the show or if it was just something I said to you after the show. But I said, you know what? I'm gonna. I I want two new clients this weekend, not just prospects, but paying clients. I want them to show up, call me, seal the deal, spend the money, have mm-hmm. it put into my merchant account. Yep. And I remember getting off the phone with you and thinking that's what I'm going to work on. Okay. And I had, like I said, I I had another engagement Friday night, so I didn't really get to it Saturday. But Saturday morning, I woke up and I'm like, gosh darn it, you know, I'm a powerful creator and I'm going to create this. And it was almost like, okay, I'm going to try to create a visual for you. Picture me putting um, my fingers on both sides of my head and almost like nodding, like, like I'm, like I dream a genie, kind of like, come on, make it happen. Come on, you can do it. Come on, show up. (laughs) They're blinking it into existence. (laughs) Exactly. Now I didn't physically do that, but that was my internal intention. Like, come on already. I can do this. I'm a powerful creator. Come on, clients, show up already. (laughs) And that was, I didn't say those words. But that really was pretty much the equivalent to the energy that I was offering, Mm -hmm. which I have to say, now that I'm acknowledging that out loud, is filled with resistance. It is, yeah. (laughs) Isn't that annoying? I mean, that's really annoying. Here I am putting out this really powerful wish, and I got all this resistance in it. I mean, come on. This isn't fair. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it didn't surprise me that as the day waned on and the phone wasn't ringing, or the, when the phone did ring, it was solicitors. You know, I was like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, oh, and now I'm going to be really truthful. I'm not going to have anything good to talk about on Monday. <laughs> I won't have a great update. Nothing's happening. The whole world has an expectation that Wendy's going to come through for us and nothing. Well, that was a good self-fulfilling prophecy because I had nothing to offer at the beginning of the show by way of us. Well, well, congratulations. You manifested that beautifully, I must say. Thank you very much. But it's not what I wanted to manifest. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) You know, and I have to say that I'm like, okay, here I am, a, a podcast host with you. Right. I have a lot of years of experience with Law of Attraction. I have a lot of great successes. I, I submitted three stories to our book that to me are, 
I still get excited when I think about what was manifested through my three stories. And they're great stories. Thank you. And then I, I look at my life and where I am right now and the things that I'm really wanting to, to manifest. And even though I've made, I've made a lot of um, energetic progress, I got to tell you, I'm just like everybody else because I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it more in three-dimensional reality. And then when I'm not seeing it, I think to myself, well, I sure know a lot of other coaches that get a ton of business. You know, how is it that they're full-time coaches? I mean, I'm still working a day job. You know, what? And, and then I go, well, what's wrong with me or what am I doing wrong? Well, then I go on this negative jag of all this crap. And so then that takes me in the opposite direction of what I want. Then I listen to what Abraham's saying. I'm like, shut up already, Abraham. <laughs> You're mocking me now. <sighs> the so thought, the this thought is that my keeps... way of saying, if anybody thinks I'm too much of a Pollyanna <laughs> and I never experience a moment of like, ah, this is one of my moments. <laughs> this and, is what it looks like for me. Yeah. I do laugh through it because I, I think I'm silly even saying what I'm saying, but it feels very real. Yep. It does, and mm -hmm. what that that kind of leans to what the real secret is, isn't it? Because it's all in feeling it. It's in, in it's learning how to believe and, and feel what, and and feel what you're trying to believe and believing what you feel, and and just staying there and because because all that other stuff we talked about that was just laced with I have concerns, I have doubts, I'm not so sure, I don't think it's going to work. Well. And I think Thursday of last week, we talked about the five steps. And steps four and five are mastery steps. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say, even though I kind of was a little bit exaggerating uh, my angst right now, just to make a point, um, I really do know that I'm in a step five experience. Because mm -hmm. step five is where you're back into the ask, which is the normally step one. But this time I'm not beating myself up for it. This time I'm recognizing that when I have some uncomfortable feelings, um, that what that actually does is it helps to move the energy. I actually heard this on a CD yesterday of Abraham, that sometimes when you go back into step five, which feels like step one because it's uncomfortable and it's where unconsciously you're asking for what you prefer, Every time you have a step one, you're actually moving energy. So since step one and step five are in essence the same thing, except you don't beat yourself up in step five, <laughs> I'm asking to move the energy. Yeah, it turns out what we is, actually do in step five is we laugh in step five. We laugh. It doesn't mean I've, I've gotten through it, but, you know, I'm moving through it mm -hmm. and, and I'm not stuck in it and I'm not going to wallow in it forever. Um, I'm not even wallowing at all. I'm just aware. I'm aware that it's not feeling comfortable. I'm aware that it's not moving forward. Um, I'm aware that there's resistance going on. And so I'm asking questions. Well, what is this about? And I did start to get some answers yesterday. And I don't have the clarity on it right now. But do you remember way back when probably at the beginning near the beginning of the year when we were talking about me wanting to launch project x yep um actually it was before that because we were we were reading something or talking about something that had to do with setting a target date oh right yeah i remember that and i said i have never been comfortable setting an arbitrary date for something that i want to create mm -hmm. i said for me for whatever reason that just never lands right but if it was something like, you know, buying a house and you have to have X, Y, and Z before the mortgage company will, you know, let you go through to closing, that the closing date is a real date. I don't make that one up. Someone else actually makes that one up. And then I have to do all the things necessary that they require in order for us to close, sign on the dotted line, et cetera. And what was coming to me last night is, I set an arbitrary date and it's the first time I've ever set a goal with an arbitrary date. Arbitrary, how I'm using that word is that there's no one on the outside that is going to shoot me, kill me, 
or pull something away from me or say, sorry, you can't have the house <laughs> if it doesn't manifest by that date. Right. There's no negative consequences from the outside world. But I will tell you, the negative consequences for me is huge disappointment. And I have almost like tears that want to well up in my eyes as I say that. There is something very powerful in not making the date and not making the timing. Now, I've had this every time I've tried to set a targeted date before, but I've done everything I could to try to pretend not to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And today, while I was making my lunch, I was thinking about different times I tried to create something and it didn't happen either the way I wanted to, it didn't happen at all, or it didn't happen by the time I needed it to or thought I needed it to. And every one of those times was really disappointing. And what I have now awareness of, like I had a little bit of awareness last night, but I'm getting a whole lot more right now while I'm talking. This is my next piece of resistance to let go of. Oh. Because there's a part of me that says, what if I don't make it? And you've heard me say this out loud on the show before. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I've laughed through it. But I'm not laughing right now. It feels kind of painful. Hmm. Like, what if it doesn't happen? Now, I know I'm not making it up. I know I haven't made up all of the energetic things that have come to me and all the, the messages that I've received from my inner being. I know none of that has been made up. But part of me feels as though I'm the one who's holding it up because I've heard Abraham say multiple times, and even we just read it. The only thing keeping you from having something manifest quickly is if you put resistance on the trail. If you go, yeah, but. And I think I have been doing some yeah, butting <laughs> without awareness. Yeah, without conscious that. awareness. I mean, it's been there. It's been in the underneath part, but it wasn't clear enough to me for me to be able to acknowledge it and talk about it. This, this, is, what I I'm, say, this is what I'm talking about whenever I say I am amazed at the power of my mind to be able to draw me away from what it is I want to focus on to focus on the sort of stuff that I really don't want to focus on. Because I know it always leads me to the wrong rabbit hole. <laughs> and, and, and what you're describing there is exactly the process. I, I have my big wish. I have my, my dream. I'm, I'm imagining that you know, the wish has been fulfilled. I'm getting into that excited place. And then over time, the doubts start to creep in. And I start playing these little mind games with myself. Like, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. All that. And, and I'm killing myself in doing that. I'm, I'm absolutely stopping myself dead. Not deliberately. Just that my mind just keeps getting drawn back to this other side, you know, to the dark side, so to speak. I, I'm amazed well, at how easily that happens. And I, I can only speak for my circumstance with what I'm talking about right now. I have, yes, I'm going to hyper over dramatize this, but you know what? It's, it doesn't even feel like I'm exaggerating. I've had so many hundreds of times in my life I've been disappointed when I put out my hope for something and then it didn't happen. Now, we've already acknowledged I'm a magnificent creator. Mm -hmm. I know that. But what I'm talking about now does not contradict all the millions of times I've created things beautifully. I'm talking about something right now that is popping up to the surface and it's in my now. And when something's in the now, it feels as though it's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And it's not. But it's it does feel that it. Right now, I'm doing the process. And the process is feel, you, feel the feelings. I'm feeling them. And because I'm really feeling them and I'm present with them, they feel really yucky. I mean, I think my voice is, is portraying the yuckiness quality of how this feels. Uh, I'm not sure if it is or not, but I can tell you I'm feeling the same yuckiness of my own stuff. So I'm right there with you. Okay. And so, yeah, it feels bad. But it's not like my whole life is um, one disappointment after another. True. And I'm just wanting to put this in perspective. And the reason I'm doing that is because I had somebody contact me the other day who listens to the show. And I felt like they took something out of context and made what I was talking about a way bigger thing than it was. Mm -hmm. 
But it was only a way bigger thing because in that person's perspective, because that's what I was talking about right now. Mm. And that person doesn't know the fullness of my life. And so I'm just wanting to say right now, I feel like I'm dealing with a, just this thing I'll just call disappointment slash fear of not getting what I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is all around a timing issue. Um, whereas, you know, when I wanted a house, gosh darn it, I was getting a house and no matter what stood in my way, I was going to push it down just like the woman who lifted up a car right. to save her child's life. Right. But I made a commitment to myself over 10 years ago. When I started to understand law of attraction the way I now do, that what when you follow law of attraction in the way that my understanding is, you can live a life of ease and joy. And so even though it has taken me a lot to do it, I have been letting go of the, of the, the, the efforting. Because I know I can effort my way through almost anything because I am that powerful of an individual. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do it. That's the hard way. And you know what? There's a lot of stress and strain and disease, oh, mind yeah. you. Absolutely. And illness that goes through living a life with powering through the way I have in the past. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, hey, if now I know this thing of ease and flows available to me, I don't want it because it's easy. I want it because it's the challenge of doing things differently. Well, for me, the enticement, like, the enticement there is, is that, like you said, you can effort your way through. But mm -hmm. if we can ease our way through, it seems very likely to me that I become even more powerful that way. It's a more powerful place than the place of efforting the way through. Even though the I efforting of the way through seems like it should be very powerful, the easing the way through, when we do it right, it's actually like a thousand times more powerful. It is. And when I get to do something with power and connect to how that works, I get to use it over and over. And right. when I use it over and over for me, I'm also teaching other people how to do it and then they can live a life of greater ease and flow. So let's go back to so. the let's go back to the the original problem. The problem was we were we were focusing on what we wanted and then we started sliding into this other realm that we didn't want to with, with all the doubts and so forth. How do we reverse that? How do we get out of it? Well, an interesting thing. So this is what Abraham said when uh, Jerry was asking the question about quantum leaps. Mm -hmm. See if I can find the exact wording. Okay. Dead air is bad bad for radio, though. <laughs> it is. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. So they say, uh, now you've hit upon the key. The reason it is easy for you to take those small steps forward is because it is easy for you to acknowledge the beliefs that you now hold and just stretch those beliefs a little bit. You are not completely changing your beliefs, and that's what I want to highlight. Mm -hmm. You're not completely changing your beliefs. You are just expanding them a little bit. Okay. A quantum leap often means you must release your current belief and adopt a new one. So a major shift, okay. a major gigantic change. Let me tell you, even though they say that that's, this is very, okay, I'm having just one of these woohoo moments. Okay. Even though the very next section, they say we don't actually recommend quantum leaps. Because when you make a quantum shift in like a temporary moment, you generally cannot sustain it because you really don't have beliefs to support you going forward. Right. And that's why we like you taking your current beliefs and just stretching them a little bit. It's a conservative approach. It makes sense. Okay. So here's what I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to go off book. Okay. And this is not what I'm going to say is not law of attraction specifically to Abraham. But for me, it's totally law of attraction. Okay. The training that I had in NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, is one where you do these quantum leaps. I have been making quantum leaps for the last 20 years of my life on a regular and consistent basis. And that is what I count on. Now, in my everyday world, do I make small incremental changes? Absolutely. Am I constantly just stretching my belief a little bit more and a little bit more? Absolutely. But when I'm at the point, because you asked the question, well, what do you do right mm -hmm. here? Right. Well, I'm going to give you, this is what I do. Okay. So I know right now, based on 
what just the feelings that came up for me is I have a big boulder of negative feeling that is around the subject of being disappointed that when I put out an arbitrary date for when I want something to manifest, it won't or doesn't. Now, do I know that that's absolutely true, that I can never do that? No. But is that how it feels to me right now? Yes. So here's the deal. I'm going to poke around at this until and ask, poke around for me means ask many questions from many different angles. Mm -hmm. Until I find out the exact belief that I'm believing that is the actual cause of me feeling this bad. Okay. And once I know what that is, then I say, hey, inner being, you don't think this way. You, I know you don't think this way because I'm feeling really bad and right. you never feel bad. Exactly. So therefore, what is it you think about this subject that I don't know? Oh, I like that and question. Here's the, that, and here's the important part. That when I know it will completely obliterate and dwarf the old belief that does not serve me. Whoa. And Walt, I will tell you, every time I've gotten the new belief, it obliterates the old one. And that actually, this is very exciting to me, because that actually is what Abraham says is a quantum leap. It's where you make an entire shift in belief. Right. And what they were saying is, it's easier for most people to just take their current beliefs and stretch them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not about stretching my beliefs a little bit. I want things to move fast. And the way I move things fast is I ask my inner being, what do you believe on this that I don't currently know? Because when I do, that old belief will be shattered. And I think the key to this is in that last paragraph of that section on quantum leaps, where it says we are not proponents of quantum leaps because they require exaggerated contrast which causes a dramatic propulsion of your desire and can produce a startling result. But that result is almost always temporary for the balance of your beliefs will eventually bring you back to where you were before. And that's the, the crux of it right there. If I, can make a right quantum leap, if I can make a quantum leap without actively falling back to where I was before, then it's a worthwhile quantum leap. Then, then, I, then it's actually I, served. And I am here to tell you I have been doing it repetitively for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I know quantum. And you know what? It's so it's, it's wild because I knew I was going to get something earth shattering out of reading this reading today <laughs> because I have been under the impression. And here's this is an ironic thing because Abraham has not encouraged quantum leaps. It has pushed down the thing in me that I know I do really well. I do quantum leaps really well. I help coach other people in quantum leaps every time I work with someone. That's my magic sauce. Mm-hmm. That's what I call the pixie dust. Okay. Poof. Things are changed because I do quantum leaps on a regular basis. And, you know, that's so exciting to me because I have been like, espousing, oh, you know, we don't want to go for quantum leaps because they're not sustainable. <laughs> well, you know what? When I can do a quantum leap and make it sustainable, woohoo! That's magic! Well, let me let me suggest something then, because we're down to, we, we have only a few seconds left anyway. Let's do okay. all of tomorrow on quantum leaps. What do you say? Okay, well, we'll start there and see where it takes us. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's make that the basis for the conversation tomorrow. Because I intend to have one tonight. I have a coaching call with one of my coaching friends. Okay. And I'm going, this is what I'm going to work on, which is the thing that caused the feelings <laughs> earlier in this, in this show. And so I intend to shift my beliefs so powerfully that I will have a quantum belief and it will be sustained. So and it will move me forward. So there's the promise. You, you, you hear it here first. You want to make sure you tune in next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.